The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Play link alongside Woodwire.com's lead prospect writer James Anderson. James doing our usual thing, talking prospects. A lot of guys making waves at the big league level. Uh, we have a new number one pitching prospect to talk about. But how are you doing, just generally on this Wednesday? I'm doing all right, man. Um, That's good. The end is in sight. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of worn out. I was thinking about. You know, April, May, June, July, like, it's, I know we weren't doing the in-season grind at that time, but it's just been such a long year just generally for this country. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, but I'm excited uh, excited for these final few weeks. Um, definitely going to try to finish strong and... In all my leagues, as, as I'm sure you are, but um, yeah, kind of uh, kind of excited for it to be almost over, to be honest. Yeah, I was kind of daydreaming about the mag process. Like it's a ton of work, but I kind of love just 
you know, the wintertime cozying up and just hitting the research, you know. So I love well, the wintertime in that process. Yeah, what are we going to do for – Super dorky. Like, what, like, what am I going to do for all these prospect outlooks of yeah. guys that didn't, <laughs> didn't play at all? Do I just get to run them back? That's going to be <laughs> – that's a good question. It's gonna have, we're going to have to get creative on a lot of these. We're going to sync up, too, and just kind of determine how – Generally, we want to weight things and you know for for projections and whatnot. But I, I do kind of love that process, and we get going with it right when the regular season ends. So postseason games going, we'll get outlooks assigned and everything. I kind of enjoy that process just because it's not twenty games a day, twenty four seven. Last Friday, twenty games. That was just a brutal day. Uh, anything non like outside the baseball world that you've been up to, like? I haven't seen you in so long. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely been a while. Um, been just kind of staying busy. Uh, went camping a few weekends ago, and nice. um, the wife and I have been been just doing some random stuff to stay busy. But yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of same old, same old. Yeah, I've been watching this documentary on HBO, The Vow. Uh, really dark and kind of depressing stuff but you know i'm into cults uh you know i could just i think anybody can see that and if you have empathy you can put yourself in those shoes and kind of see the appeal and so i'm always fascinated uh, fascinated with cults and this is the latest one it's really well produced well made and you know uh, that's been something i've been keeping tabs on i also watched mcgruber because i heard mcgruber was coming back I never seen the movie, and I had I had tears running down my face. Really? Um, so that was one of the highlights of my last few <laughs> weeks. Quite honestly, ah, big big week. <laughs> yeah. I watched MacGruber and laughed hard. Uh, but James, we got some prospects to talk about. Sixto Sanchez, man, what a stud! We thought maybe because of the velo, he'd be able to hit the ground running. But I don't know if anybody really expected this. His latest outing at Atlanta, six innings. Uh, this was yesterday. Six Ks, one walk, zero earned runs. So he's got his 180 ERA, 092 whip, and he has firmly moved atop your prospect pitching rankings. Yeah, he was uh, he was third when I did the update uh, last week. But uh, Jesus Lazardo has graduated, and I bumped him up over uh, Mackenzie Gore this morning. Um, you know, I I had uh, someone uh, tagged me and uh, Ralph Lifshitz from Prospect Live on Twitter, congratulating us for being the highest on Sixto coming into the year. And I kind of had a sense that that might be true, uh, but I don't really understand why it was um why like i had him ranked like 34th uh, on my top 400 before the season and that just seemed like the kind of obvious range to have him ranked in I, I don't know if there was just like some prospect fatigue with him or what but uh he i mean he finished 2019 incredibly strong i really have not like just just if you're gonna look at the the arsenal and look at the the strengths and the weaknesses. I mean, he belonged in that that range of guys, and really the only 
the only knocks on him uh, were just things that were kind of out of his control, just his his size and his uh, how hard he throws the ball um, for a young pitcher. I mean, that's just kind of a, a risk factor. But um, you know, a lot of those top pitching prospects throw the ball hard, and he's not a you know he's not a rest in peace Jordan Ventura, but he's not like kind of rail thin like that. Uh, he's you know, he's definitely got some heft, and he looks like a guy that could handle. Uh, a uh, starter's workload for sure. So, um, you know, obviously he could get hurt in his next start and then we're all really sad for a while. But uh, for now, I mean, it's just really awesome to watch him pitch and uh, thankful that I have him in the leagues where I have him. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to be a guy where it'll be really fascinating to see where, like if we assume he makes it through his last uh three starts i would imagine he's got about three starts left um if he makes it through those healthy and he uh finishes kind of on the same sort of note it'll be interesting to see where he goes in drafts next year yeah absolutely i i'm very much interested and i was just scrolling through his past notes and you know when he was still with the phillies june 9th 2018 to uh, the injured list at that time with right elbow inflammation, but no Tommy John, right? Like he didn't require surgery, no. Well, that uh, was right collarbone first... soreness a few months later. Right. The the first thing I noted in the the 2020 outlook was basically just like it was incredibly important that he finished. Um, well, he finished the year healthy um, for the first time, like for the first time, like 2019, 2018. There were there were some kind of bumps in terms of. Uh, a little bit of an injury thing here and there, uh, but he finished twenty twenty or finished twenty nineteen fully healthy, and he threw a career high one hundred fourteen innings. So um, this past off season is really the highest I'd been on him as a prospect, uh, just because it sort of seemed like we had as much evidence as we'd ever had that he was healthy and that he was capable of handling a starter's workload. Yeah, pretty exciting young arm. Loved watching this kid and the Pedro Martinez leg whip. A lot to like with him. Of course, the caveats apply. You already said it. You know, it could go down with an injury next start, but um, I mean, that's just the case with any pitcher. When you have a guy this exciting, I think it's you know it's uh, not a bad thing to get excited. You just have to remember that it is a pitching prospect, uh, and think with your head. Uh, instead of your heart with pitching prospects. Uh, James, also Gavin Lux. Now, I'm not going to say who, but last week when you did your update, you know, somebody may have questioned Lux still at number two overall on the prospect list. I'm not Again, I'm not going to say who. Maybe I'll tell you off the air. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just think people were kind of reaching a point where they were souring a little bit on Lux, then a two-homer game. It just goes to show that with these kids, you have to be patient. Dylan Carlson was a guy who that was a tough pill to swallow in a few leagues yesterday get set down, but the the path for these prospects is not a straight arrow up. Uh, there are going to be bumps in the road, and Lux has endured some of those, but still among the brightest futures in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, I mean, the two homers, everyone's obviously going to take note of that for sure. Uh, I think the first one was a opposite field wall scraper and the second one was a was a moonshot to uh to right field um but honestly to me like i've just been 
really loving what I'm seeing from him uh, from a plate discipline standpoint over the past uh, four or five games. He's been walking more than he's striking out. So seeing the ball really well, obviously the, you know, the two homers would, would back that up as well. So uh, yeah, I think he, he could definitely finish the year really strong. Uh, still getting um, his starts against righties. Uh, so you know he's, his last four starts have all come against righties. So it'll be interesting to see if he's in the lineup the next time they face a lefty. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of the guy that uh, I sort of expected eventually. Uh, you never know when it's going to happen. Um, but just really great to see him hitting his stride and, and hopefully ending the year on a, on a strong note, it would definitely be, you know, cause he, he didn't have a ton of time uh, to end the year on a strong note, right? Like he, he only had about a month here. Um, so he could have very easily just struggled uh, just in a, in, a, in a small sample. And then you would have had a full off season's worth of, of doubters and, and people talking about how he's overrated and stuff. So uh, I hope he can keep it up over the final two plus weeks. Um, you mentioned Dylan Carlson. I really, really, really can't wait to uh, load up on Dylan Carlson in 2021. Um, I mean, I think that's just going to be an amazing buying opportunity. Uh, obviously, I, I think he struggled to the point where a team like the Cardinals, you know, they had they have other outfielders who are performing okay. Um, you know, I, I understand it from their standpoint i mean you, you don't have to just let every single prospect um get endless plate appearances to, to work through um some initial struggles against big league pitching i mean it's not the worst thing to give a guy a, a bit of a breather um and regroup a little bit so uh, i don't necessarily fault them uh for doing that i hope that he's back up this year but even if he's not i still think he's uh, going to be a really good hitter for a long time. So I think that this could definitely open up, uh, a, you know, now with Lux, I, I was talking back at, at first pitch Arizona about how this was going to be an awesome year to, to be buying in on Lux because of the way he finished last year, uh, didn't turn out that way in a shortened season. Cause he just didn't have the time. I mean, he got the COVID and then he's behind eight ball and on time, but over, I think over a six month season, we would have seen Lux really reward those who ended up with him on draft day. I think over a six month season, we're going to see Carlson do that in 2021. Yeah. So no long-term concerns with Carlson on your end. I, you know, I have been disappointed. Like all those who roster him this year have been in the, you know, not hitting the ball hard at all. Bottom fourth percentile on exit velocity, uh, 5.9% barrel rate, but Again, a lot of descriptive over predictive, and the the skills are still there, and the track record too at the upper levels. This was really not much of a sample. Seventy nine plate appearances. Uh, we've seen this with a lot of guys, so yeah, far too early to close the book and, on Carlson. Yeah, and he's he's twenty one years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. It's <laughs> I, you know, it, it's this is not how it goes like, with. I mean, what seventy percent of prospects. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that I'm exactly as high on Carlson as I was uh, sure. six months ago, um, but but you're not feeling I'm, like Carter like, Kibumi like, about it. No, no, I'm I'm like 95 percent as high on Carlson as I was like six months ago. So that's good. Um, yeah, yeah, Carter yeah, Kibum's a different case because I just was I never <laughs> got as high on him. Uh, 
you know, yeah. when you when you have a guy like that you you think is a top ten prospect, you're going to give them more of a leash than a guy that you think is a top fifty prospect. Yeah, I just those kind of prolonged struggles like this. Carlson, it's just one stint. Kimu's mm-hmm. had several where he right. struggled, but I yeah, just kind of the first name that came to mind. Um, it is kind of crazy because I, I looked at that Cardinals outfield and said, even if he has one of these stretches, they'll probably let him work through it. But, hey, they're still in the mix. So if a guy's really struggling that bad, you can't let him just uh, f- work through it on the job if you actually have postseason to play for. I, I also think it's some that there's stuff that he can work on um, specifically at the, the their alternate site here over these next couple of weeks. Uh, they he'd been getting uh, Mike Mike Schilt kind of went overboard when he was describing it. Uh, I think he said that he was getting pitched to like he was a 15 year All Star. Um, I wouldn't go quite that far, but he definitely was getting uh, barely any fastballs to hit. Um, so I think he can just go back to the alternate site, just get a steady dose of, of off-speed stuff, and I think that that could benefit him. Nice. Well, before we move on, a quick word from our friends at Stat Hero. Has this ever happened to you? You nail a perfect daily fantasy lineup, but when you check the rankings, it's the same old sharks in the top spots. You're constantly playing the fantasy lottery with nothing to show for it. Well, now you can play something better, Stat Hero. Stat Hero provides daily fantasy survivor pools with smaller entries and easier chances to win. No more sharks and no more competing with the masses. You compete against Stat Hero. That's it. If you beat Stat Hero, you get paid. It's that easy. And players are loving it. Here's why. Imagine playing a survivor pool that pays you out every time you advance. You beat Stat Hero. You survive to the next round. You get paid. That's it. And the contests keep going until there's only one remaining more people eliminated each round, the more money there is for you to win. Keep beating Stat Hero. Keep getting paid. Download Stat Hero today on iOS or Android or play the new desktop on StatHero.com and see why the face of Daily Fantasy has changed. James, Tyler Freeman, I don't know where you got these uh, alternate site stats. Probably just a beat writer, but uh, well, eight, eight homers at the alternate site. So, you know, I wish more teams had an account like this, but uh, Cleveland's got a, an account uh, at Indians Pro. Uh, I don't, he, you know, he, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the affiliation is with the organization, but uh, that account seemingly has more access to what's going on at their alternate site than than any other team account that I'm aware of. And so they've been posting home runs uh, that he's been hitting. And they had noted back on September 3rd that he hit his sixth. And then they retweeted someone who I I assume might be Tyler Freeman's brother or something like that, uh, who said he had hit his third in three days and now he's got eight. So I'm taking this at the word of a relative of Tyler Freeman, uh, but they posted accompanying video of it too so uh, i mean this is about as close to we can do uh for official alternate site stats very nice so what do you make of it i mean is he coming up uh no it's just um you know i've sort of been linked to tyler freeman for a while uh just 
because of, for whatever reason I I was the only person that thought he was like a top 50 prospect and um I just I've been in love with the hit tool for a long time uh, you know he's the type of guy that was hitting more doubles than strikeouts in the lower levels which is certainly noteworthy and something that I thought portended uh, some growth in the power department and so a lot of people have been hitting me up uh, just kind of saying like hey you noticing that Tyler Freeman's going off uh, at the alternate site um, because the power was the one thing that the I guess the doubters or people that were lower on Tyler Freeman didn't necessarily buy uh, because he obviously didn't hit for a ton of power um, early on but uh, I just think that he's one of those hitters where the power was was always going to come and it was just a matter of to what extent it came and it seems like it's certainly coming now uh he looks just from the videos i've seen he looks maybe i don't know eight to ten pounds heavier uh in terms of muscle that he's added and um yeah i mean he's just been putting the charge into a ball uh down there so just something to to note i mean i I wish we had more information like this on guys that we're not going to debut in 2020 and that, that we're just playing it out at, at alternate sites. But um, yeah, I mean, everything's pointing up for Tyler Freeman. I would expect him to, uh, you know, if he, if he stays on this trajectory, we'll probably see him sometime next year. Um, but definitely not a 2020 guy. Just worth noting that whenever you have a prospect um, where like really the only question was, is he going to hit for enough power um, when he starts showing that he can hit for that type of power. It's worth knowing. Very nice. And Randy Rosarena, uh, you note here in our outline for the show that he ate rice and chicken in an attempt to uh, gain weight. That's a little troubling because I've been eating rice and chicken in an attempt to lose weight. I haven't been doing 300 push-ups a day like Randy Rosarena was. Uh, and I expected him to probably spend more time at the alternate site uh, but they've needed him, and he's come through pretty big for that team. Uh, looking pretty good. How much are you bumping him up? I, I would imagine he's probably closing in, maybe not super close, but closing in on graduating. Is that is that right? Uh, I bumped him up. Uh, let's see. Where did I bump him? Um, I bumped him to number 62 overall. Uh, He's only got 46 plate appearances. I thought he had more last year. Yeah. You know, the rice and chicken part, uh, to me, that's not a, I mean, I'm not an expert in uh, anything to do with uh, weightlifting or or any kind of thing like that. Um, But I I think that's just like eating extremely healthy, basically, right? (laughs) Like your rice and chicken, you're eliminating uh, processed food for the most part. Yeah. and yeah, just a ton of protein. And I mean, I don't know if he was actually doing 300 pushups a day, but to me, and, you know, if, if a player during quarantine is doing 300 pushups a day, to me, that almost, I'm more impressed by just the dedication than necessarily the, the benefits of doing 300 pushups a day. Like that, that just kind of tells, tells you how much a guy wants it. And um, I want to get too top heavy though. Start, start missing your jump. <laughs> there was a kid I used to know who. <clears throat> I 
I shouldn't even tell this story, but he got he was good at basketball, but then he got really into lifting. He got too top heavy. Just yeah. couldn't couldn't make his jumpers anymore. Everything was bricking, but yeah, you don't want to do uh, uh, Jason Dominguez and and really just turn into Popeye yeah. with the upper body. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I just this is to me, it's very like he's the exact type of player where you would want him to uh, maybe add I don't know ten pounds of of upper body strength because. He was sort of a speed over power prospect, uh, and the speed probably was undersold uh, in the minors. Maybe he got faster, but uh, was always kind of a plus run guy in the minors. But according to StatCast, he's uh, a plus plus run guy, like 94th percentile, I want to say, sprint speed, something like that. Um, so if you got a, you got a guy that's a 70-grade runner, um, and the questionable how much power he's going to hit for, uh, you know, the, the he, he tapped into power at certain levels, but it, it hadn't been a consistent thing for him. And you don't know how much to make of any power a guy hits for at AAA in 2019. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's been very, very impressive. It's just been eight games, but everything you'd want to see is, is there in those eight games. And, um, you know, I want to just kind of, make it clear why I was so low on him before the season. Uh, he was just the type of guy where I felt like the Rays were just the worst possible spot he could have been in because of just how loaded they were uh, really all over the diamond, but in the outfield, uh, I mean, they just acquired Hunter Renfro and, and Manny Margot in, in the same off season. Um, and they love platoons, right? I mean, we always, talk about that with the Rays like it's it's rare to get a guy on that team that's gonna that you could trust for everyday playing time and just in in 2018 Razarena had a 730 OPS against righties and a thousand OPS against lefties in 2019 he had a 953 OPS against righties which is which is awesome but he was 24 and a lot of that was in the the PCL with uh, crazy conditions there, uh, but he also had a 1100 OPS against uh, lefty. So really, kind of dramatic splits in favor of uh, opposite-handed pitching for him in 2018 and 2019. And to me, just a player like that going to the Rays, you kind of you have to brace for the fact that they might be destined for a short side platoon type of role. Um, obviously, it, it seems like he is getting a shot here. Uh, to, to maybe buck that trend and, and show what he can do on an everyday basis. And uh, so I, I bumped him way up the rankings, but um, probably not going to push him any higher than this just because, you know, we, we got about two weeks left here. Um, the Rays, again, heading into 2021, are going to have about as loaded of a 40-man roster as you could possibly have. So... It's always, you know, the imperative is always going to be on that player uh, that has those past platoon concerns to continue to do damage against same-handed pitching to avoid falling into that role with the Rays. So that that was the reason why I was so low on him. It was wrong, obviously, in in hindsight. Um, But, I mean, really couldn't have asked for a better uh, first eight games of of 2020 for Randy Orozarena. Yeah, I mean... Again, it is eight games, though, so I don't know if you're definitely wrong on that. Again, they could 
ride the hot hand. And I do think those same concerns you had do apply moving forward with him. You know, just not a lot of leash to work through some problems. Uh, if those, if he encounters them, which I'm sure he will at some point. What about Bobby Dahlbeck? It's been a roller coaster rostering him in fantasy leagues. Uh, he had a homer in his first game, then a brutal stretch with a ton of K's, and then what four straight games with a homer. So. Uh, up, down, and then way up again. The K's are pretty troubling. Is this kind of what you expected, though, generally from Dahlbeck? He's just giving us the the absolute extremes of everything in the scouting report, you know? Like, uh, power was the carrying tool on offense, but the strikeouts were the biggest weakness in the scouting report, and he's given us both of them in heavy doses, and kind of feels like something's got to give like i mean you can't now he as you sort of alluded to over the that stretch of uh homering in four straight games the k's have ticked uh, down to a very manageable level but i you know i, I think his track record uh i mean i i think the strikeouts are still a, a major concern going forward and this is the type of player where I, I've been uh, wrong about in the past just because I, I am so concerned about guys uh, who have the, the crazy high strikeout rate and especially what happened with Dahlbeck where um, I think he got to, was it AAA and the walk, route, the walk rate just crumbled there. Um, I mean, you can't can't really get by with like a 30% strikeout rate and a 5% walk rate. That's just, is kind of unsustainable. Um, so I, I was kind of betting against the, the hit tool, uh, with him. And so far, I mean, the power is, is made up for all the K's, but I would, you know, I'm reacting strongly to what Randy Arezarain has done in a tiny sample, just because he has the, the tools, I mean, it's not like a Rezzarena was terrible against righties. He was just way better against lefties. And so if you're going to destroy lefties and be kind of league average against righties, you can play every day. And he has the power and the speed to be extremely exciting, and he does not come with the strikeout concerns that Dahlbeck comes with. Whereas Dahlbeck, in this small sample, um, to me, the bad is kind of outweighing the good, uh, just projecting forward with him. Um you know, I think he's the type of guy where, like, it's almost sort of an extreme, like, Austin Riley thing from 2019 where uh, the, the power was always there. Riley never had the same strikeout concerns that Dahlbeck had, but they, they were there. And I think if this season stretched on for another two months, I think we would see Dahlbeck go into one of those complete tailspins where, you know, the, the strikeouts really... Um, becomes such an issue and the book gets out on him uh, to the point where the power is just not making up for all the swing and miss and we'd probably see him uh, really struggle for a stretch but he might not have there might not be enough games left on the schedule for those warts to start to really really show yeah he might go full punisher full aquino (laughs) if if he had enough time remember when i got an aquino shirt by the way i I found that the other day (laughs) hey that was a fun month. September was not so fun, but 
Aquino is a much better example than Riley. I should have gone with a, a Punisher example there. Um, hey, because we'll Riley's always, have that always like a top, a top prospect. We'll always have that re- record-breaking month to, to remember <laughs> fondly. Uh, before we move on, word from our friends at Prop Swap. The smart sports better knows where to find the best odds before placing a bet. That's why we always use Prop Swap. Take, for example, a Fernando Tatis to win NL MVP ticket that's sold on Prop Swap. The ticket sold at 8 to 1 odds. That's right, 8 to 1. Every local casino has odds of just 3 to 1 for the same wager. It's obvious Prop Swap customers always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Come join us. PropSwap is the edge you've been searching for. Don't delay. Go to PropSwap.com today. The smart sports better knows where to find the best odds before placing a bet. James, unfortunate news with A.J. Puck. It's his shoulder again, shut down again, and this is becoming a trend with him, and it's it sucks. I mean, I love watching this kid pitch, but 25 um, – Really not in terms of major league baseball, not not much of a kid anymore. No, and this is just yeah, it's it's really it's really a bummer, um, but not all that surprising. Um, you know, he the there's all kinds of issues when you have this type of injury that that pops up, and especially this point in the baseball calendar where you know, real like he, he didn't pitch in a big league game this year. I know he pitched in in spring training a little bit, and obviously he's been pitching a little bit at the alternate site. But he'll be heading into 2021 uh, with just very, you know, just the arm is just not built up at all. So even if he gets a clean bill of health entering spring training, which I think would be awesome and far from a guarantee, you're still talking about a guy who's going to be really babied from a workload standpoint, just because of how little he threw this year. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's very, it's very concerning. Um, it's not, you know, like with, with Alex Reyes, not only did we have all kinds of injury issues, but we had performance issues to go with it um, that were obviously affected uh, by the, those injuries uh, with puck it's it's just the injuries we don't have um, huge performance uh, issues to con- consider as well but yeah I mean he's he's trending down he's outside the top 50 um, I I think they will continue to develop him I think they'll, they'll develop him next year as a starting pitcher assuming he can get back to quote unquote full health. But I mean, we might not be out of the woods on this. I mean, that there could be, uh, there could be a surgery coming. Um, in which case, you know, he, he maybe doesn't even pitch at all next year. Uh, so there's there's all kinds of ways for this to, to still get a little worse. Um, I I never bought the concerns about him uh, making it as a starting pitcher, uh, just from a repertoire and command standpoint. I, I always thought he was gonna. Uh, figure that part of it out, but there's a chance he might not make it as a starting pitcher just from a health and durability standpoint. Yeah, that's an unfortunate re- reality with a lot of guys. Uh, Daz Cameron, it's a little bit brighter news. He's getting his 
call up. Good for him. Batting seventh today against the Brewers. I'm sure you'll be watching the game. Tiger's kind of competitive. Uh, so I'd expect to see Daz playing a fair amount. What do you think? How do you see his debut going if you look in the crystal ball, James? I think in the short term, if we're just talking about uh, fantasy, I think he could chip in a couple steals, um, you know, maybe two or three steals over the rest of the season. He obviously struggled at AAA um, for, for both uh, 2018 and 2019. Uh basically got Doug Mankiewicz fired as the AAA manager based on how little uh, Cameron grew at that level. Um, But even when he was struggling, he was walking over 10% of the time, and he's got plus speed. He's got above average raw power. So I think uh, there's a decent chance that he will at least get on base enough to, to put his legs to work on the bases. Uh, would not expect the batting average to be a plus. Would not expect him to tap into enough power for that to, to be a plus over these next two plus weeks. But uh, in deeper leagues and AL only leagues, I think he could uh, chip in enough steals to be at least usable. Um, Long term, I, I think there's a chance he could be uh, their everyday center fielder, or everyday right fielder. Uh, but I think it's it's still very much to be determined whether he makes enough contact and does enough damage at the plate to be a quality everyday player. Very interesting. Well, there's a Luis Garcia with the Nats who's been making some noise, dealing with a heel injury right now, but he's been you know, a popular topic of conversation in fantasy leagues. Another Luis Garcia for the Astros, a pitcher, going to start today against Oakland, uh, in Oakland. So it's kind of a nice landing spot. I know, you know, Oakland's pretty good, but in that park, I think they're still down Matt Chapman, right? So I'm kind of interested in seeing what he can do against that lineup today. What do you think about him? Uh, this is not a prospect I've heard much about. Yeah, he was uh, a borderline top 200 prospect coming into the year. Um, among minor league pitchers who threw at least 100 innings, in 2019, he ranked first in K percentage, and he was fourth in K minus walk percentage. Uh, had a velo bump, as every Astros pitcher eventually gets uh, at some point, and uh, so now he now he's kind of mid 90s. I think he's been averaging or he averaged 94 miles an hour with his fastball in his uh, relief outing um, earlier this year. Uh, the, the secondaries, you know, the, I think that there's uh, a pretty decent breaking ball there, um, but the secondaries are, are a little more inconsistent. Uh, but he he held lefties and righties to a, a sub 600 OPS last year. Um, really, just had an absolutely monster statistical season. And I mean, I I liked him more than Christian Javier coming into the year, so. You know, Javier's been useful in mixed leagues. I, I could see Garcia being the same, but he's not as much of a finished product as Javier was. Like, I, I like Garcia more long term coming into the year than Javier, but Javier had at least gotten to the upper levels and, and had a ton of success there. Uh, Luis Garcia um, was has not gotten to AAA, so I mean, this is this is a bit of a jump for him. Um, but I think he's got the stuff 
and the the recent track record to at least be an arm to watch. I, if you haven't added him in a dynasty league yet, you, you might have missed your window, uh, especially if he pitches well tonight. Um, but I mean, I think he's the type of guy that that should be rostered in, in pretty much every serious dynasty league at this point. I know everybody hates the Astros, and myself included. I, I include myself in that group. But you got to hand it to them with what they've endured this season with injuries to the rotation. They lost their closer. Uh, Bregman's been out for a long period of time. Altuve's, I don't know what happened to him, but he's just fallen off completely. And they're still, in, you know, they're going to make the postseason and could re- do real damage. And they've just been bringing up a steady flow of guys who – have helped out. Maybe Garcia's the next one who can have some success right away. It'll be interesting. I know, you know, Verlander's looking to come back, but they're down McCullers now, and Urquidy was pretty shaky in his return. So uh, a lot of avenues for, for Garcia to stick. What did you make of, by the way, the Yankees and how they use Clark Schmidt? We were waiting and waiting, and then they use him out of the bullpen with two on. <laughs> Just a really tough spot. And he struggled, but uh, is he still a hold? Like, are we gonna? Are we assuming he's gonna start at some point? I well, I think you. By the way, you phrased that question. I think you know how I feel about how he was used. <laughs> in that debut. I was like, um, I got a text from uh, our buddy John, who's a Orioles fan. He's like, "Hey, Clark Schmidt's coming in." I was like, "Get out of here!" Like, <laughs> and then I, of course I turn it on and. Things are going um, the way the Yankees deserve right now. Like they're just a mess. And <laughs> when you're using Clark Schmidt like that, I mean, yeah, you get what you deserve. Playing with fire, it's a so bit. I, it's I so different. It. Like, don't you think it's it's just so different? Like, I was never a pitcher, but um, like if you have just always been a starting pitcher, and then there's a big difference between like getting ready for your big league debut as a starting pitcher. You have that whole day, you go through your whole process, you get ready versus coming in out of the bullpen with runners on base. Like, you know, it's just ridiculous. Not a situation that you're prepared for. Um, Totally different routine. Right. And yeah, it's just, you know, you're, you probably aren't, 100% 100% on the same page with, with the catcher about what you want to do in that spot. Um, and there's all, there's, a, you know, there's a big pressure to, you know, when you come in with guys on base, you, you have to pitch differently. I mean, yeah, that, that was a, that was a tough spot for him. Um, he was scoreless in his outing on, uh, Monday, but he walked two, struck out two. Um, it seems like he's kind of, in for being used as a as a long man here, but I, you know, I think uh, like Jordan Montgomery's been really up and down. I think it would be in their best interest to give him a real start and maybe two real starts, and just kind of gauge whether like what what sort of use he'll be for them in the postseason. Because right now, like it doesn't seem like they've really found out anything with him in regards to how he fits in that rotation. Um, so I. Yeah, I did not care for how they used him there. Uh, I would like to see him get at least a couple starts here down the stretch just so that you would think if the Yankees, like are the Yankees really going to be happy going into the postseason with the guys they have behind Garrett Cole right now in that rotation? Like I think they would be well served to kind of see if they might have another guy that they can use there in Schmidt. 
Yeah, Jordan Montgomery really has not been good at all. 5-7-2 ERA, uh, five homers allowed in 28 and third innings, only 3.1 innings in his last time out. I, the Yankees are going to probably make the postseason anyway, but they really have not been good, especially lately. And, hey, you think you'd like to get it together, get some wins, like a win streak going, build some confidence back up before the postseason, and maybe Schmidt could help. Uh, Davey Garcia, too, just want to mention him because he's also in that mix. Are you excited about Davey? I know you were a little bit lower on him, at least long term. Uh, well, the the best time to trade him in any dynasty league was after his first start. Um, I think we said that on the podcast. Uh, we'll see what he does against the Blue Jays. <laughs> Hopefully your window could slam shut to trade him. <laughs> He's uh, look. He's got he's got dynamite stuff, um, but just the, I mean the command, the body type, just screams reliever to me. Um, yeah, I could be wrong about that. I'd, I'd be happy to be wrong about that. But um, you know, I thought this was going to be a great opportunity uh, for Casey Mize to build up his value because the one big concern I had for him was how he would hold up over a like 180 inning season like because he's shown that he can just be absolutely dominant in, like the first half and then he he's fallen apart each of the last two years uh kind of worn down but i thought that in the shortened season casey Mize would just have a great year and then you could trade him this off season before he really got put to the test in terms of holding up over full season i think there was an opportunity for the same to be the case with Davey Garcia because a lot of my concerns with him are, are sort of lessened here in this, this sprint format. But I mean, the command might just not allow him to, to string a few more good starts together. So um, to be determined on him, but I, I think he, he really ideally fits best as, as kind of a five, six out um, lights out reliever uh, in the bullpen. Very nice. Well, I think we said last week that we this was, or the the call, wave of call ups after the deadline was kind of the last one that we expected. Uh, but I'll ask you again before we sign off. Anybody else kind of on your mind? Do you think maybe we could see before the end of the year? So I keep coming back to uh, keep coming back to Dalton Jeffries. Hmm. Um, the A's, the A's have a four and a half game lead in the division, but you know Mike Miner has been terrible since they acquired him. Uh, it was good to see Frankie Montas get on, get back on track a little bit, um, but you know he wasn't amazing in his last start. I just think if if they look to maybe put some juice into that rotation. Um, I'm not sure exactly who it would be, but I think Jeffries is, is ready uh, if if they have a need there. Um, but, yeah, that, that might be about it. Yeah, that's uh, a good name. I, I kind of put you on the spot there. Vidal Brujan was the one guy I had kind of in the back of my mind on the taxi squad. And even if he were to get called up, I mean, the speed would be super appealing, but would he even play enough? I kind of doubt it in a mixed league to be to be viable. But... Bruhan like 55, 48 steals in the minors. That's uh, he's probably eventually going to be a guy, mixed league guy who, who's moving the needle. 
Yeah, for sure. I I don't see the opening really for him. Um, and he he's another guy where it's, it's not like uh, it's not like he's just mastered the upper levels of the minors yet. And I don't even think he's played at AAA yet. So um, just given the given the depth they have, really all over the field, I, I don't see him getting a, getting the shot this year. But you're right. You're right about the the stolen base upside being something to keep an eye on long term. Yeah, well, it's going to be crazy final few weeks. Only a few fab periods left. I've had a brutal f- drop in our stake league. Um, really an embarrassing drop. I think I had like a two for 35 day followed by like a one for 40. So things are still pretty volatile in the standings, quite honestly. I'm still hoping in like our main main event league that we can catch fire, catch lightning in a bottle and uh, shoot back up. Uh, knock on wood, James. Let's hope we can do it. Anything else you want to mention though, before we sign off today? Um, if you d- definitely check out, uh, if, you, if you're getting in a last minute fancy football draft, definitely go check out uh, the Rotowire app and the draft kit for that. I know I, yeah, I got one tonight. I, I think I did. I think I did okay in my two leagues. I mean, I know absolutely nothing about football. Um, but you know, I I pay attention. I, I see what people are talking about. I, I hear a name and <laughs> I, I go and draft that player, and I think I did okay. But uh, yeah, if you got any drafts coming up and you're like me and you don't know anything, I would definitely check out the the Roadwire football content. Yeah, and check out the, the podcasts and the radio shows because those guys are good, John and Mario, and of course Liz and Jeff as well. And yeah, they'll, they'll get you covered. I got one, at least one league I'm going to be in, maybe a second one pending. Uh, but I, it should be fun. I, I am terrible really, at fantasy I was, football. I was really pumped. I, I've been in three leagues for the longest time, and I was really pumped to cut that number down to two this year. Uh, really, it's embarrassing really to say I'm bad at fantasy football, but for some reason I just always blow it in the final See, final I, weeks. <laughs> I'm shoot myself in the foot. I'm I'm quote unquote like decent based on track record, but I'm just playing in home leagues with a bunch of guys who also don't know anything. So Yeah. Um, I've made the championship a couple times, but I I'm like, you know, the Steve Young monkey on my back because I can't get over that hump. And so uh, hopefully this year, but I've been catching a lot of grief because, you know, oh you work in the fantasy industry and you can't hardly. <laughs> well, I'm I'm one of those guys who like I don't follow the NFL at all. Like I I watch Packer games and like that's it. And and sometimes I don't even watch the Packer game. And so I end up just every year I'll just basically just redraft all the guys that were good on my team last year because they're the only guys that I'm aware were actually good because I wasn't following the rest of the league. Um, so yeah. it's kind of like I have a keeper league and a non-keeper format. I don't know anything about football, so I always like become, you know, so attached to like the weekly rankings. And I'm like, oh well, this guy's like, you know, 15 spots higher on the consensus, you know, like Yahoo or whoever. Um, you know, you'll see the different rankers, and they'll have the consensus rank, and I don't put much more thought into it <laughs> uh, than what I see from the experts. So I'm, I love to. 
look at my uh, matchup, you know, like you, you can click on like the matchup that <laughs> week and it'll give you the projected points for both teams. And I love just being like, oh, nice, nice. I'm, yeah. I'm projected to win. That's great. Awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm killing yeah. it. Well, good luck in your leagues and we'll be here to play out the string in baseball. I think this is our, what, third to last pod of the year. It's been a crazy year, James. I always appreciate you, your work and your professionalism on this show. Uh, but yeah, it looks like, wait, one, two, three, f- well, maybe one the final week of September, but we'll, well see. We'll, we should be able to mix in like a, a few in, oh, yeah. in the offseason. Well. A few here and there, but we'll be getting to work. I'm thinking about maybe taking a week off after the regular season ends, but then we will be crunching on the mag. I'm looking forward to it, James. And looking forward to talking to you next week. Hope you'll join us on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.